you're tuning in to an episode from Adventure Emerge 2021, the number one entrepreneurship conference for students and researchers worldwide. This episode is brought to you by our event sponsors, Edinburgh Innovations and Vonage. Hi everyone, thanks for joining. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce Felix Eichler. Felix is a tech entrepreneur and CTO from Munich. He wrote his first code at the age of 10, was admitted to Technical University of Munich at 15, and co-founded Userlane, uh, his B2B SaaS startup at 20, where he's responsible for research and development. Userlane helps companies in adopting digital apps and has a team of over 100 people from all across Europe. And so if you have any questions on remote working, he's the person to ask. Uh, and at 25, Felix is also listed on Forbes at 30 under 30. Uh, so super excited to hear from him today. I'll hand over to him. Thanks for joining us, Felix. Yes, and thank you so much, uh, Sarah, for the very warm introduction. I'm super excited to speak here at Adventure Emerge. Hearing other entrepreneurs and other people's experiences also inspired me to get into this too. And it's incredible how much support there is nowadays out there on the world. And this conference is just really approved for that. So already thank you to Sarah and the whole team for, for hosting this one. So uh, today I want to talk about how entrepreneurship changed my life. There is so much advice out there on how to run product development, maybe how to do marketing, how to recruit the right people, how to get your first round of funding, but what is often overlooked and what I want to shed some light on today is how the personal life of an entrepreneur actually changes over time with the different stages that your startup goes through, with the different highs and lows that are incredible in every single startup. And to me, every year at Userlane, at my company, it felt very, very different. I had to reinvent my role many, many times. But before I get too deep into that, let's just start at the beginning. Every entrepreneur has some beginning or every idea has their inception. Actually, when I was young, someone told me to just get a job that pays a lot, where you have to work as little as possible, and then look forward to weekends, look forward to retirement. This is where the real life's happening. And I thought, well, this cannot be like this, right? This is like such a sad view on life. And actually, then I saw some entrepreneurs at work. Uh, I think it was back in the day, a manager of a hotel that uh, they were just starting up and he has his, it, it was you know, in the mountains and he enjoyed work a lot. And I was staying there for a week and I was really seeing his excitement, seeing his passion, his energy at work. And actually it feels like that when he was working, he was more energetic than when he was not working. So this was really inspiring to me, really changed my perspective on this. And then I started asking myself, how can I get this to? So the closest I initially got to it is I was working as a freelancer. As a software engineer, that was relatively easy, but still I needed to build a very, very diverse skill set, right? As a freelancer, you need to manage your own time. You need to choose your projects, but also you need to win customers. You need to win clients somehow, find them somewhere. It's maybe more stressful than working a regular job. Yes, definitely. But it also gives you the opportunity to build a way more diverse skill set and to really run yourself like you would run a, uh, a small company, managing clients, managing many of them and where you spend your time on. It's also a great, great segue into starting a startup or starting another company. If you're already working freelance, you, you learn many things along the way. And I attended, I attended startup events. Mainly this was my source of customers uh, who wanted to, like, I, I could offer them some software development services that was really working quite well. But actually, I ended up finding my co-founders this way. So I found other people who had very different skill sets than mine. So I'm, you know, the tech guy. I'm a software developer, but also um, someone who can do sales, someone who can do design. And we, we all were freelancers. We sold our time. Basically, you charge by the day, by the hour. And we all wanted to build a product, build something, 
once and then sell it to many, many customers, effectively making it much more easier to profit from that and not having to work more in order to earn more. And so software as a service was the business model to go for. And since we were already working as, as freelancers, you kind of are exposed to your clients. You can talk to them, everyone. They, they, they had also some challenges in their companies. And actually, this is how we discovered the initial problem that companies need to train their employees in the use of software. And that, you know, when you when you just finish a software project and you give it to 500 people, not everyone's very tech savvy. Sometimes they need to they need to uh, be trained. And the way they did this, actually, they asked us to come on site and hold a PowerPoint presentation, the screenshots of the app and show them how how to do it. And we really, you know, we tried to be smarter than that. We tried to be lazier than that. We also didn't personally want to spend the time going there and holding the same presentation like 20 times a week. So what we did instead is we, we looked at a way to automate this or looked at a way to do this in software itself so that the software can train the software itself. This was the ignition spark for Userlane. And we basically discovered it as part of you know, the freelance work that we were already doing, just thinking like, hey, can we, this is this is a task that we don't want to do. Maybe can we automate it? Maybe can we build a piece of software to do that? And so we um, sold it initially to the same freelance clients. That was positive. Then we made a prototype to apply it to any kind of software. There is like, of, yeah, there is always bits and pieces to figure out. But then we got the first customers who only use that and to subscribe to it. So who paid us money every month for just using the software that we were managing for them. And with this initial traction, we were able to take some money from venture capitalists to grow faster. For us, it was very clear that we want to go down this path because we wanted to um, have this fast growth. You know, when, when you take an investment, you can basically hire your initial team. You can do things more properly. And also it's, it's, it's definitely a good way to grow a company. There is also some, but you don't have to do this. There's also many, many successful companies who did not take VC money, who were just like living off of the, the income from the products that they were selling. And that's also totally fine. Our approach was to rather like, you know, own a smaller fraction of a larger startup than to own 100% of a, a smaller startup that we that is completely ours. So we were fun. I, I was at this time, like still in university, but I was not really attending, not really paying attention. Luckily, they didn't kick me out immediately. I mean, nowadays, the universities also try to do more and more for entrepreneurs. So you have some time to get the startup off the ground before really dropping out. And also it was clear that I can't say yes to everything in life. I needed to say no to some things. For example, no to university or no to like having this, this degree or something. But it's, it's a choice, right? And for example, saying yes to spending time on a startup where you're not initially getting any money out of it or, you know, but you have the vision that it might be more valuable in the future. It takes quite, you know, some courage and i think actually being embedded in this university context can still give you like you know a safe fallback in case it doesn't go like this but still in our case we we had that that ignition spark we had that magic and things felt a lot like this so there is an ignition spark there is some fire some heat is going there the balloon is maybe slowly rising but you're definitely not there yet we, we had like four or five customers before we got the first investment from a vc so it was actually quite some hard hard work into that uh, sometimes they needed uh, convincing a lot but it was also like yeah really magical and then we got the first investment so we were able to hire some people i at this point completely resigned from uni there was no way back and it really felt supernatural suddenly having not just yourself, but suddenly other people there with you, also working on a vision on a on a company, having the same mission, you know, to build a product, put that into the center, win customers for it, make sure that they really use it, and then 
grow from there. So I had I, I had the pleasure of onboarding a few people, and that was really fascinating because always always working by myself. And at this point, I realized how good it would have been to write some more documentation on the job. But this was also the first time I had to reinvent what I'm what I'm doing. You know, before that, I was basically spending most of my time actually writing code, actually making the product. And now it was more about okay, well, organizing the work managing the work of other people, how they make a product, you know, giving information across, the context across, right? So at this point, you've already spent like a few months, maybe a year onto this, and you have just learned a lot on this way, right? And now suddenly new people come in, it's their first day, and they also have to know this. And so I needed to learn to communicate to the company so here's a photo how that looked like back in 2016. This was a company meeting, one of the weekly meetings that we were holding. This was everyone in the company. So th this was it. And everyone was presenting what they were working on. Uh, some were taking turns, uh, but many, we were less than 20 people there. And it's completely possible that everyone knows what everyone else is working on. And it's great, right? If you can make that happen. But of course, that is, it's clear that this will not work forever. That when the company grows, when you are um, becoming successful, that maybe you need to be careful to not become the victim of your own success because you need to change, right? If, if this, this was a great time, right? But if it goes well, if, if you do well in this time, you're going to have 50 people working on winning customers and building product, right? It's a good problem to have, but your culture needs to change. And one of the pillars that I, I really cared about is to transparently tell what's going on. I made really positive experiences with this early on that we can talk to everyone about, of course, the things that go well, that's the easy part, but also the things that are not going well, to have that courage, right? To share transparently about, hey, you know, we have some challenges, there is not enough customers, the product development is not, not, not delivering enough value. The transparency there creates a lot more trust and commitment from everyone than maintaining uh, what I call a success theater, um, where you only praise the successes and completely be silent about what's not going great. That, that, that is still working for us to this day. So it's, it's a, you, you can still have like these stumbles of the week that you can, that you can talk about even when, it's, even when the company is large and even when you are responsible for more and more people. I think it really creates a higher level of trust than, than not doing it. So today we are at 100 people. And I didn't even have the chance to talk to everyone personally. Feels a bit crazy, but also we can get much more done if we if we just do it right. So today, every day at Userlane, three months are passing if you would just add up, if, if you would measure it in the time of one individual. Because like 100 people means like roughly 90 days, which is like three, uh, three months. Of course, there is some friction and some some other effects that you would have to calculate in so it's not exactly like this but basically it would not be it would be completely mind-blowing to understand what everyone's doing so taking it a bit more abstractly and and changing your communication is definitely something that i had to we had to change every year and i had to relearn every year and so this openness was really critical there and so especially the more when you are small, when you still have the possibility to talk to everyone who's working on this startup, on this project, embrace it. It's a great time. You can, you can get to know each other. We were back in the day, like having an environment where there were many new friendships created, many new connections made. We were quite, a, quite an international team in, in Munich, in Germany. So many people also were new to the city, were looking to make friends. And I think this was just a perfect match. So how did we do this? Well, games, of course, right? So we had, we had actually an Xbox in the office and here of that how we won we had this competitive racing game it was it was uh, a lot of fun and you can also if you look closely you can see that there's some some code being written in the background or 
some some beers being opened, of course. So when you're small, when still everyone can connect with everyone, that's really a very unique magical moment. Uh, we created experiences that are unique. They kind of just just happened. Like we didn't really plan this through. There is not a big a big game that you need to 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 organize there. It's you're together on a mission. You're together your team against the rest of the world. It was just for us to give give a platform for for these friendships to form, right? And also our own lifestyle was basically centered around the company, and this led to some successes that we could celebrate. So we launched our product a few months later or relaunched it in the in the new version that is more valuable we all have been working a lot working day and night in some cases there there have been days where i stayed in the office the night not that this was necessarily great but it was right at the time and many many people in the team were and we did this more for each other than for anything else right this these like this connection that you have with your coworkers is just incredible and so in the case of Userlane, the launch was successful. New users signed up, revenue was going up, money was there to hire more people. We had, but still this, this working a lot, all day, many nights, it has consequences. So I was, I was personally getting really sick after like 12 to 15 months of in this kind of working on the startup. I could not, I had a hard time motivating myself to get up. I, I had a hard time comprehending what should be the next task I should be doing. It all just felt completely like an overload. All this work, it's a bottomless pit. You can always like put more in. You're never done, right? It's not that you're working a shift six hours a day, eight hours a day, and then you say, okay, cool. I, I did everything I could today. Now I'm going to go home. That's great. In a startup, it was always just this moment of like, okay, good. I'm now so tired. I completely exhausted 100% of my energy, maybe 110. And okay, I just need to go home. Like I'm not, I'm not doing anything, right? It's this bottomless pit of ever doing more. And that just didn't work anymore. And you know, we, you always need to find pragmatic solutions. Uh, you try to cut some corners. And the thing is probably to some degree, working more on, on the company in the early days is what, what is necessary. I sometimes say that startups in the very early days, they defy the laws of physics. They shouldn't be actually existing, but actually you need to grow to like a certain set of customers or employees so that you can reduce a little bit so that you don't need to wear the hats of like 10 different roles. But also I realized I might not be able to do this forever. And especially I cannot help with Userlane or with my startup to make the world a better place if I'm not there for doing it, right? If I'm getting burned out, I will put all of this at risk. And I think the best way to build a company is to be mentally and physically able to do this for decades, you know, for a really long time. I think building a company is more like a marathon, less like a sprint. So in a marathon, you adjust your pace. You run at a speed that you believe that you can maintain over long distances, right? Over like 42 kilometers, which is which is a lot. And I actually think that most people would be able to run a marathon because I, I it's more of a mental challenge than a physical one. You need consistency in training. You need to have the habit of doing it regularly. And you need to not give up. You need to have this mindset of that you want to do it. You just keep moving. Your brain is telling your body to move its feet. And actually, you start enjoying it. And that's this flow that you get into and getting yourself into flow is something you can cultivate. Running or any kind of uh, sport clears your mind like nothing else. For me, it was super helpful to build this habit, to work out regularly, uh, to do something else than just working on the startup, but who has time for that? Right. When I was saying before, work is endless. It feels like a bottomless pit. You, you work all day, all night. You have the feeling that, oh, I just need to finish this. And then maybe we get another customer and be more successful and here and there. But it's really, really hard. But especially when it's hard, you need to build habits to protect yourself from, uh, from burning out. So I say the bad days are more important than the good. James Clear agrees with me on that. You need to, you need to build habits 
that sustain your balance and your, your sanity, really, especially when you're facing extreme challenges. It's about writing, exercising, meditating, cooking, sleeping actually is really, really important. Sounds obvious, but yeah, like it, it goes without saying that when you stay in the office, your, your sleep is not really that good. So you have to think like, what's really the normal here? And especially when you feel like you don't have time for this, then I think it's even more important to do this for yourself. Because again, you can only make the world a better place. You can only continue with your startup if you're still there to do it, if you're not burned out. So it's easy to do all these things when you're in the habit for them, but actually it's even more important when you're not in the mood for them. James Clear is actually the author of Atomic Habits. It's about it's a book about making small changes in your day, but they can really, really protect you and make sure that you stay on track. I think the signals that your body gives you about what it needs, what food it needs, whether you're tired or not, you know, these are the most valuable things in your life. Your life really like consists of your just your 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 stream of input basically. Don't ignore these signals for too long. And you can only work on your startup if you're still there to do it. So I, I thought about balance a lot. So there is no right lifestyle or wrong lifestyle. Like who would be I to who 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 would I be to tell people to not work more hours on their startup? It's their baby. It's fine. User lane was also like like a baby to me, you know, I completely care about it. And it's okay to work a lot, but you need to focus on balance. You can only do this if you're still there tomorrow. For example, it's about the doses that makes the difference here. It's uh, like even with simple things like drinking actually water, if you're drinking too much water, you'll basically drown. But if you're, drink if you're drinking too little water, you're obviously also going to have an issue. And same thing it is like with many things also in business, like reading advice online or in books or something. Of course, you can do that and it's great. And there is more startup advice than ever out there. But if you if you don't actually spend the time applying some of your learnings in your real, in your everyday work, then what is the meaning of that, right? To, to know a lot in theory. Same thing actually with listening to customers. If you listen to little, maybe your product won't be so useful for them. But if you listen to much, you'll never ship. Right. So keeping it simple, I, I, I kind of stopped believing that I absolutely need to do X or Y in, in life or in the startup to be successful. And so many, so much of the advice out there is like so, so extreme that you need to do this and then you'll be successful. But it's, it doesn't work like this. I think life is about balance. It's completely normal that balance comes and goes just like this guy on the rope. Sometimes he's leaning more to the left and sometimes more to the right, but he's not getting annoyed by this disbalance. You know, it's his game to come back into balance soon enough before he falls over, right? And so putting all this focus and maintaining the balance, playing an, an infinite game is something that I discovered and that was really helpful to me. So balance, what, what do I mean by that? Meaning like spending your days right, so then automatically the years will take care of, 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 of themselves. So in a context of a startup, you cannot guarantee success. Maybe the product launch would have not gone well. Maybe we would have hired the wrong people maybe we would have like targeted the wrong market and it would all be your fault right but there is there is nothing you can do about that maybe that happens you can definitely learn but even that even if you're the most educated person on the world it still is not a guarantee that you're going to find commercial success so therefore i try to detach my happiness from external outcomes like the success of the startups the revenue or the the, the number of customers or something but rather redefining success as staying in balance this is what you really have under control, that you're expressing your authentic values in action every day at work, that you can look yourself in the mirror and be happy, that you believe what you're doing is the right thing, that you're working towards a goal that is much larger than yourself, right? These are things that you can, that you can really influence, that you can really control. And you cannot control, though, that revenue will be this high, that employees will be this happy. But if you focus 
on doing the right thing day by day, I think it's a matter of time until commercial success will follow. It's almost like happiness. You cannot directly pursue it. Rather, you focus on doing other things. And then maybe as a side effect, you become happy. Same thing with success. Maybe as a side effect, you will actually grow your business or, or have more customers. And for me, this insight changed a lot of how I'm spending my days. I compare it to dancing, actually, right? When you're dancing, it's not about finishing the dance sooner, being done with it, having achieved it, right? Come, uh, waiting for the song to end and then, yeah, going on to the next thing. No, when you dance, it's about spending the time, right? You're enjoying the craft of doing it, the art of doing it, the act of dancing. You're having fun while you're doing it. So it's it's about dancing like no one's watching. It's no, no matter if someone else will like your dance or not, you do it anyway because the, the act of doing it is what's so fun. And if you can find in working on a startup the same kind of fun, then you you have certainly found like a goldmine for, for your own satisfaction and life happiness. And this fearlessness that comes with it of dancing like no one's watching, not really caring about this outcome, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough. Let's say you're working a lot, but still the revenue of the customers are not there. I've been in situations like this. It's, it's very tough to then still like deal with all these fears as an entrepreneur, as a startup founder, you're naturally, you have many good reasons to be, to be fearful, all this uncertainty. Will we find enough customers? Will we get enough good people to hire? Will we be faster than the competition? You know, will we still exist in 12 months from now? It's very existential, but dealing with fear and becoming fearless to some degree enables you to make the right decisions. And don't get me wrong, danger is real. Right? You need to see it. You need to critically ask yourself if what you're doing is, is, is enough to really sustain the business. But the fear, the anxiety, the uncertainty, the emotional stress of all of that, that is something you don't need. And once, once I realized that, life becomes really good. So I was able to continue my journey with Fuselane. We've been able to go through all ups and downs, growing our customers, growing our team. We are now at around 100 people from all over Europe. You can see here a photo that we had to take with a drone because you couldn't all fit them in one frame otherwise when we had our team offside two weeks ago. And what I'm really proud of at Userlane is that I've managed to inspire this mindset also in the people at Userlane. Many people feel a meaning of their work. They look forward to Mondays, which is the best feeling ever. And they have fun at, at what they're doing with. And so I have some practical tips of how to incorporate this also into your life or into your startup. But these apply whether you're an entrepreneur or not. The first step is to fix your sleep. It sounds very obvious, but too many people have a broken sleep pattern humans need sleep it's hardwired into us you can get around this on the short term but uh, you will automatically be a better version of yourself when you sleep for eight or nine hours straight i don't take my phone to bed it's in another room i use curtains to really make sure i'm sleeping in the dark and i try to also wind down my mind and body before i go to bed so yeah no no late yeah no late smartphone use right that's that sounds tough but actually the next morning when you really wake up and you're well rested that makes you made me you know made it easier for me to be my true self and that again helped to to be a better person also for the company second thing is eat what's healthy for you you are what you eat there is a greater variety in food than ever more options than ever but it's also about what's healthy for you i don't believe that there is categories of healthy food unhealthy food no it really depends uh, on the individual and i think one one life hack or basically smart tip to do this instantly is just plan ahead of what you're going to eat. Just this simple habit already gets you to eat more healthily because then you're not under time pressure to actually figure out, oh, 
what should I have for lunch today? If you enjoy cooking, that's a plus, right? If you prepare your meals, uh, for example, mostly what I cook in the evening, I cook way too much and then I have it the next day for lunch. <clears throat> the pandemic actually made this much easier with the working from home thing. So that's that's definitely a, do a sport you like. It starts with finding a sport you like if you don't already have one and then making it easier for yourself to do it. So breaking it really down into 30-minute sessions that you can do um, at any moment so that it's not a big effort of doing it. For me, this happens to be cycling or also running nowadays. And uh, make it easy for something for, for you to get started. So I go for a run like once a week for 30 minutes in the in the morning. And if I would have told myself two years ago that I'm going to be that person who gets up early and then goes for a run, I would have laughed at you. This would be crazy. But actually, now that I now that I do it, I really feel like it it can it it clears out the mind by a lot. And it's so great to to be just open for all the impressions and for new new things that work, right? And for looking forward to change again. And then reduce your distractions. Uh, the 21st century is crazy for the human mind. Um, the body and brain, you know, we are built for the Stone Age. This is how, where humans come from. Every bit of information could help you to survive back in the day. But nowadays, we don't need to fear being attacked by a wild animal just jumping around the corner. But our brain is still addicted to information. But we need to control this. Our smartphones, our social media, they, they kind of crave for our attention. And this is also why I don't have the phone in the bedroom. So it's not so easy to just get up and like go the first 30 minutes of the day just through Instagram but I put it somewhere in a different room on a charger so when I walk there I have the time to reflect to actually say hey wait maybe I don't need this I just sit in silence I take a shower I drink a coffee I maybe exercise or just look at the sun rising or just take a 10 minute walk it's so simple and it still like changes wakes me up so much and changes makes me ready for work so much more and one final tip and after after you already do these four things sleeping right eating right doing a sport you like and reducing your distractions these four alone will be life-changing for many many people who, who don't do this too many of the people don't do this and then you will have more energy be automatically more ready for work and then it also will be much easier to uh, work on the last tip which is enjoy what you're doing Enjoy it while you're doing it. Remember that you only live once and that the time that you're spending, you cannot get back. It's easy to laugh and to put a smile on when things are going great, but it's even more powerful to also laugh when things are not going great. Make laughing a habit. Don't take life so damn seriously. You're going to make honest mistakes. That's inevitable. No one's perfect. No company is perfect. No startup is perfect, but life continues anyway. So why not enjoy it? while you're doing it. And so no matter where you're from, no matter where you're living, no matter who you know or don't know, no matter how your business is going, no matter if you're even an entrepreneur or not, right? The future is in your hands. This is your life. Make sure it's a good one. Uh, that's the message I want to get across. Thank you so much for listening. It's a pleasure to speak here at uh, this conference. And if we have some time now, I'll be taking some questions. Thank you so much, Felix, and what a great note to end on. So could you answer how you handle people in a team who don't work up to the right standard but are trying hard? And I know I actually saw another question. Someone wanted to know if you ever had to let someone go and if that was quite difficult. Oh, yeah, that, that's, these are the most difficult things. So let me first answer the letting go things. I actually, this was one of the first things. So when we hired first, like two, three engineers, uh, I had to let go one of them after two weeks because it did not work out at all. This was the first time I ever had to fire someone. And actually, this person was super, super sad and did not did not really understand why. And that was also due to my lack of transparency. And this is also where this learning comes from. This this transparency, This it's okay to talk about what's not going well. And this means that you're still in there for, for one another. And I think this, 
leveling and transparently knowing if if your work is having the impact and using something like the OKR framework or using just also when you're talking to your people in the one-on-ones, just giving them the feedback. But actually, one of the most important differences that I want to hint at, basically coach people like a friend, you know, like independent that this is your company and there is so much emotion in there usually like, because this is like your company, your baby, your startup, and then someone's not doing the right work. And it's very frustrating. You're just mad at them. Just like leave these emotions at home, go for a run 30 minutes and then come back, have this conversation and just try actually to help this person. Like if they were a friend struggling at their job and this really, this mindset shift, not not saying you're not performing well. And if this doesn't fix it, uh, we're going to fire you next week. That's terrible. What you want to do is say, like, this this work is not up to standard, but is there something I can help you with? Are you maybe having some struggles outside of work? Or maybe can I do something to make it more clear of what's expected? This really gets you a greater commitment from your team and over the long term will, will give you the success you need. That's great advice, Felix, and particularly when you're facing a difficult problem to go for a run or do something that clears your mind and come back to it. So many people, myself included, will stay there trying to problem solve when it's, it's not really working. Thank you so much for joining us. It was really, really helpful and not only inspirational, but also a lot of actionable advice in there. Where can everyone find you? Keep in touch, uh, reach out. So you can uh, just add me on LinkedIn. That is just send me a message. That, that's how you can find me. Yeah. Very open to helping you all. Wonderful. Have a lovely day, Felix. Thank you very much.